Malachi chapter 1. If you can't find Malachi, go to Matthew and go next door. Our total so far is 109,900 promised to mission. And God will provide. And thank God for your faith. And I'm always amazed at our church uh, loving and giving to missions and encouraging them. Uh, Brother Jeremy and the family got back safe and sound. And they are just uh, overcoming jet lag. But I guarantee he's back preaching in Sweto Baptist Church uh, in South Africa right now. You had a part of that. We appreciate appreciate so much the way you uh, blessed them and what a blessing they were to us. He taught our marriage retreat. By the way, that's already booked up for uh, next year. It's already every, every room's full, 17 couples. That's a blessing. And I tell you what, it's going to be great. We're going to be at the same uh, bed and breakfast and have the same great breakfasts and the same and I hadn't got the guest pre- preacher yet, but he's, he's on the way. I know he is. But Malachi is a very hard book. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just very straightforward. So if you can't take straight preaching, you might ought to move to the front. I mean, no, uh, I was going to say leave. No, don't do that. But uh, uh, this is a book that tells it like it is and prepares these folks for the last prophetic uh, book in the uh, Old Testament, these folks, for the coming of the messenger, John the Baptist, and the coming of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's nobody like him. Amen? amen. Thank God for that. And I believe he's coming again. How many believe that? Say amen. amen. I wish I'd had time to read Second Timothy chapter 3, the first verses about the attitude of people in the last days. But I'll do that later. But I just thank God for this book. And we're going to study it. We're going to preach it every Sunday morning until Jesus comes. No, until I'm finished, amen? And it might be a few weeks, and I thank God for it. And I've really just enjoyed even the introduction. Thank you for cooking for the Tri-State Preachers Fellowship. Even the pork turned out good that I cooked. And Brother John uh, did a great job on the pulled pork. And all the trimmings and the desserts were great. But I want to tell you what was special about Thursday morning. There was about 60 preachers that were encouraged. The first preacher got up and preached on how to overcome depression. And I thought everybody in that place was going to shout it out because they probably all were depressed over all this COVID junk. And uh, then the next uh, message, Brother Chris Hanks got up and preached on it's been a very bad year. In the, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Then he ended it, it's been a good year because we've seen the Lord through all this trials and trouble. So it's online. You can listen to them yourself. But I want to tell you how much I appreciate you being a part of encouraging my co-laborers. Because I'm going to tell you something. If there's ever been a day where preachers have been discouraged, and uh, it's, it's been this day. And if there's ever a day where preachers need to be encouraged, it's this day. Um, some of you have been there, done that. You've tried to pastor. I'm trying to pastor. But you know it's discouraging when your folks don't show up. It's discouraging when they don't show up regular. It's discouraging when they don't show up at all and they don't come back. And only a pastor knows that. But I want to tell you something. We're not showing up for the pastor. We're showing up for God. Amen? Amen. And we're trying to be faithful for God. And that's what this book's all about. Let's stay in all the Word of God. And I won't read the whole book. I'm just going to read a couple of verses. And I won't read the key verse. But I want you to look at Malachi chapter 1, verse 1. It says, the burden of the, Lord, uh, uh, the burden of the word of the Lord 
to Israel by Malachi. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. Go to chapter 2 and look at verse 1. It says, And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. Leaders ought to lead. And leaders ought to lead by example. Because look at verse 7. It says, The law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity, and did turn many away from iniquity. Then I'm going to give you the key verses for this whole book. Turn to Malachi chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. It says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of the coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you so much uh, for this wonderful time we've had worship of the Lord. I agree with those preachers that said to me, many of them, the spirit in this place is good. And the spirit of the meeting was good. And Lord, it's all because your Holy Spirit showed up. And God, there was people praying for these preachers and preparing and cooking and doing all they could to encourage the man of God, the messenger that has to give hard messages in these last days. So Lord, encourage our hearts as we study this book. God preached to our soul. I got three fingers pointing back at me and one finger pointing to the congregation I know I need revival, and I need to get ready for the coming of the Lord, and God, I need to get closer. So Lord, please help us in Jesus' name to get something out of this book, and God, most of all, help us to turn our hearts back towards God. And We're going to praise you and thank you for what you do in and through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to see an uh, introduction, and I get nervous about introductions, Now I love closing. I close all the time. I'm very comfortable with closing. It's these introductions that get me because I don't know when I'm going to finish this introduction. So it'll probably be the whole message. But I don't care. I just want what God wants. But I want you to know Malachi is a messenger. And in the last prophet to restore to the restored remnant, they come back home after 70 years of captivity and uh, he's prophesying in the time of confusion, probably right before Nehemiah starts building that wall and Ezra building that temple. And friend, I want to tell you something. The burden of this message is upon him to love God. The sins are evident. The sins in the priest's life, the leaders. And folks, when there's leaders not loving God, you're in trouble because usually the flock will follow the downslope of just going through the motion. God forbid that we'd go through the motions in any service, in any day of our life serving God. And he, he rebukes this. Malachi, like Zechariah, sees both the rapture and the second coming. And he predicts two forerunners. Praise God. 
uh, and, and Malachi gives a moral judgment of God on the remnant restored by the grace under Ezra and Nehemiah, and he establishes a, a house among the people, and but he, their worship was dead. Their worship was formal. Their worship was simply going through the motions. Yesterday morning, the coldest morning of the year, I knew we wouldn't have a crowd on visitation. I knew I didn't know it was going to be that low, but I knew we weren't going to have a crowd. And um, sometimes on Thursday night, it'd be me and my wife and and uh, Jason and Rebecca. That'd be it. So I changed it to Saturday morning once a month and served you breakfast, just try to get somebody to go visiting. But yesterday it was really it was really down. Matter of fact, it was uh, worse than it's been in a long time. And I'm not complaining, not whining, not fussing. Some of y'all went without getting here, and that's fine. But um, I felt like we needed to worship before we tried to work. I felt like we needed to worship, so I pulled out Psalms 19, and I decided I was going to lead the verses in singing. And boy, was it rough, because I forgot the tune, and I forgot which verse to sing, amen? And so we was wading through it, and Jason helped me, and, and uh, Connie helped me, and we finally got through it. But I said, you know, that's why we're going. We're going because we love God. We're going because we want to see others love God. We're going because we want to see people go to heaven instead of hell. Say amen, church. We're going no matter how cold it is. I even gave, got a testimony from somebody from Michigan, uh, Brother Gary. He's up at Children's Church. I said, tell us the coldest morning in Michigan you ever went out or ever went to church. He said it was 15 below zero. I said, you see there, you bunch of Southerners. We ought to be excited that we live in Georgia, praise God, and not Michigan. Say amen, Brother Gabe. Praise God. But they still went, and they still served, and I guess they do in North Dakota, and I guess they do in South Dakota, but I'm just going to stay in North Georgia, amen? But I want to tell you something, friend. We can go through the motions. We can go through the motions. We can come because we're a teacher, and we got to be here. We can preach because we're a preacher, and i got to preach. We can, go, we can come be a deacon because you got a deacon. You can come uh, sing because you're a singer. You can just come and go through the motions. And Malachi saw this and said, I've got to say something about this. And so he writes a book. And this book is a closing book. In the last book of the Old Testament, 39th book of the Bible. But the last of this Old Testament is a prophetic message. And thank God it's a message of the soon coming of the Lord. Now, it's 400 years of silence after this, but I want to tell you something, friend. He was saying, listen, don't you dare go through the motions when Jesus comes. Don't you be found going through religion when Jesus comes, because religion's not enough. Amen? Might need a little more monitor. Something's wrong with the PA this morning. I don't know what it is, but it's not exactly the way it used to be. But anyway, that's okay. <clears throat> we'll get it straight in just a minute. And so I want you to see chapter 1 and 2 is the condition of the people. In chapter 3 and 4, it's the coming of the Lord. And the way of introduction, I want you to look at verse 1. It says, and the burden of the word of the Lord, that's good, brother, to Israel by Malachi. Now, folks, it describes this book as a burden. Now, folks, I'll tell you, sometimes it's been a burden to preach. I appreciate all of you that was concerned about me uh, Wednesday night. I almost passed out in my own preaching. I was really sick. I don't know what it was. I think I smoked too much that day. Pork loin. 
Say amen. Come on. Y'all looked at me and said, I knew he hit those Winstons. No, I'm talking about uh, Port Lorne all day long, signing. I couldn't breathe, and so I even had to cut it short, and I felt bad about that. But I want to tell you something. I tried not to go through the motion. I don't want to go through the motions. This is not a have to. This is a want to. Somebody yesterday asked me, or last night, we had a neighborhood cookout, and that was hard because I'm not a very good uh, neighborhood cookout person. But I went anyway. The dear man just lost his wife, and he has this beautiful new home, and his wife's no longer there, and I felt like I needed to be there, and we'd been praying for him. We had a wonderful time of fellowship and encouragement. But they all asked me, said, you've been there 23 years, hadn't you? I said, no, it's been longer than that. But I want to tell you something, folks. In these 43, almost 44 years of pastoring this church, over 8,000 messages from this pulpit, I can go through the motions, and I don't want to. I don't want to. You can sit there and go through the motions, but I don't want you to. Because it's all in vain unless we worship the Lord. It's all in vain unless we come to love God and leave here loving God more than we came in this place. Say amen. So this book is a challenge. First of all, it's a, connect, it's a closing book. It's a connecting book. It's a coexistent book with uh, Ezra, Nehemiah. Um, praise God, it, uh, it seeks to recall the people. It focuses on the condition of the place uh, in Nehemiah, but praise God, Malachi is focused on the condition of the people. And that's what's important, say amen. This church is not these buildings. The church is you and me. And folks, what's more important than a clean church? And I insist on that. I insist on that. And Brother Vinny does a good job, Miss Tria. I, I think it ought to be a first-class place. And thank God all this is paid for by the grace of God because we support missions, amen. And we remodeled recently. And I don't want to ever take these flags down I had them up Thursday just to try to spur some of those preachers to get a heart for missions. And um, I hate to see them come down. Good decorations, but a good declaration that we need the gospel around the world. And so, folks, we need to realize, folks, the people are the church. And then it's a contemporary book. That means we can apply it today. Amen? Now, the, all the Bible's for you. It might not have been to you at that time, but it's for you. Say amen. Right. And then it's a challenging Book, praise God, friend, this is about your personal walk with God. It's about the sinfulness that's in our life that nobody knows about. It's about getting ready for the coming of the Lord. Say amen. If that don't help you, nothing will, knowing that any minute he could come. Any minute the trump could sound. Any minute, There's no prophecy that needs to be fulfilled for the rapture of the church, folks. He could call us home right now, this moment. Amen. Amen. If he does, we'll let Daryl preach. No, you know, folks, listen, thank God. Thank God for the rapture. Amen. Thank the Lord. None of us is going to be left behind that's saved. Come on, say amen. amen. If you can't smile and laugh sometimes, you need to get your heart right with God. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says in Matthew 24, 44, Therefore be ye also ready for in such an hour... As you think not, the Son of Man cometh, we are to be ready for the coming of the Lord. He don't give us the hour, but He sure predicts the season. Say amen. Right. I woke up this morning, I asked Google four times. It's, 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 um, it's not working right. You have to ask Him four times to do anything. Amen. I'm really disgusted at Google. I'm going to throw it out the back door. 
It ought to respond the first time. But anyway, I said, Google, how, how, I sound like my grandson, don't I? Google, how cold is it out there? And they said, 34. I said, well, the fair weather Baptists are going to camp in this morning. Amen. I shouldn't have said that. Amen. I said, I think I'll go back to bed. So, amen. What if I didn't show up? Amen. But I want to tell you something, friend. It's warmed up since then. And I'll tell you this, friend. We're not here just as a personal duty. We're here as a privilege to worship amen. God. Come on, say amen. We're not here for any other person but the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I see this, um, this, this wonderful book starts out with a, with, a, with a great reminder that it's the burden of the Word of God. And so I see the commission of the prophet. I see the commission of the prophet. Malachi is the man, but he's just a man. We don't know a thing about Malachi. We don't know his background. We don't know where he's been, what he's done. If you can find it, you probably have to look in another book because I don't see it in the Bible. And folks, I believe what this means to, to all of us is we don't have to be celebrities for Christ. We just need to be servants for Christ. Say amen. We, need to just, we don't have to be famous. We don't have to be flamboyant. We don't have to have a praise team behind us. We don't have to uh, um, preach like Billy Graham or sing like uh, Beth Shea. We just need to be a messenger. We just need to deliver the message. And we need to be yielded beings for God. I tried to challenge those nine, seven ladies this morning. One of them 98 years old and several of them older than me, I hope. Uh, or I am really getting old. But uh, I, I tried to challenge them. God's not finished with you yet. And then I tried to challenge them on this. You need to get saved. They looked at me like, boy, because I was young enough to be like, you mean I could not be saved? I said, yeah, you can be religious and lost. So I just got to preaching right in the middle of the message, amen. And those ladies woke up, and they all said they appreciated it, amen, and they listened, and I got, I got a blessing out of it. And uh, uh, Brother Andrew said, you didn't stay with the outline. I said, I sure didn't, praise God, and I'm proud of it, amen. But I'm going to tell you something, what God claims, you ought to yield. What he yields, you, God accepts. And what God accepts, he fills. And what he fills, he uses. Folks, God wants to use ordinary people for his, for his book right. to be delivered to a lost and dying world. Number two, Malachi's message. Not only Malachi the man, but Malachi the messenger. He's a messenger. Thank the Lord. In verse 1, he says, I've got a message. Aren't you glad when a preacher has a message and not just a bunch of jokes, and not just a bunch of headlines, and not just a bunch of current events. Thank God I'm not here to be your used boy, and I'm not here just to entertain. I'm here to deliver the message. And Malachi is the message. He has a message. First of all, I want you to know it's a heavy message. A heavy message. The message is called a burden. A burden means uh, something that an animal carries, a heavy load. And folks, this message was heavy on his heart. Number two, it's a heavenly message. Look at it. It says the burden of the word of the Lord. Folks, the word of the Lord is the message. So thank God, here's the message. All you need to live by is in this book. Amen. This is the will of God. This is to direct your life. It'll redirect your life. It'll correct your life. It'll guide your life. This book is valuable. That young man might know what he received, but I'm going to tell you something. As he loves this book and reads this book and conforms this book and obeys this book and becomes more like Jesus, his life will be blessed. Amen. 
more than he could ever imagine, God will use this dear little fellow that comes so faithful. Brother Travis was bragging on his passenger that he's a good boy and a faithful boy. He's there behaving right. He's not trying to kill the bus driver, praise God. He's just there riding that bus, that van. That's the only way he's got to come to church. And he comes to this church every time the doors open on Sunday morning. Probably comes on Wednesday. I'm not sure. I'm sure he does. So it was a hard message, folks, in that, but it's a heavenly message, a heavenly message. And thank God for the message of, of, of conviction. That's why it's a burden. He had to preach what God laid on his heart and he had to tell off the priest. Now, if you don't think that's tough, that's like me getting up Thursday and telling all those preachers, you're backslidden. I don't think they'd come back for the best pork in town next year if I'd have said that. <laughs> Amen. But he was saying, hey, listen, priest, you need to get right with God. You're going through the motions. It's a, it was a heavy, a hard message. Let me hurry and say, friend, uh, we need to realize that God wants us to repent. But you'll never repent until you hear the message to say that you're wrong. Amen. And it's not the preacher telling you you're wrong. It's the Word of God that tells you where you're at. Right. And so this was not a message to, um, this was not a message to be a blessing, but a brokenness is what he was looking for. Folks, the Avenue Revival is brokenness. We realize where we're at with God. And folks, he, the Lord meant for uh, Malachi to break us, not just bless us. I wouldn't give you 10 cents for a preacher that's always positive. Uh, folks, we need, a little, we need a little preaching against sin. No, we need a lot of preaching against sin. Amen. We need sin rebuked in our life. Hey, friend, I want to tell you something. If the Word of God steps on your feet, it's because He wants you to walk in a different direction. Amen. He wants some correction. But some people, they won't go to a church unless it's fun. They won't go to a church unless they feel good all the time when they go in there. But I want to tell you something, friend. You'll never be happy until you're holy. You'll never be a blessing until you're broken. You'll never be what God wants you to be until you realize you ain't all that you think you are. And I'm not either, say amen. And I need to draw closer to God. And I need to pray a little bit more. And I need to read my Bible a little bit more. And I think God need to obey it a whole lot more. That's what the Word of God does. Amen. Aren't you glad it's profitable for correction? It's profitable for, for rebuke. I mean, it tells you what you need to hear. And I thank God for this book. And I thank God for Malachi that says, Hey, it's a burden because I've got to tell you where you're at spiritually. All of you, the priest included. And then we see the condition of the people. That's what I want to get to just for a few minutes. This, this introduction has already come and gone, but I'm going to finish this little bit of the introduction. I see the announcements of God. And this is where I just want to give you an overview of seven things that God announced about these people. And you put yourself in some of these places, if you would. In chapter 1, verse 2, we see the first announcement. It says... I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, Wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord, and yet I loved Jacob? See, there was, there was a preferable love here. I mean, friend, listen, I'm going to tell you something. He loved Israel when they didn't deserve it, and they wasn't even in line for it, but he pre 
destined before ordained for the foundation of God that had used the Jewish nation to bring Jesus to us. Amen. We need to reach the Jews. But folks, seven times God makes an announcement. Seven times. He says, wherein hast thou loved us? Folks, the nerve of these people, and I'll get to the responses in a minute, but they said, hey, I don't know where you've loved us. Folks, he loved them during 70 years of exile. He loved them to set them free. And I want to tell you something. You might forget the love of God, but I want to tell you something, friend. You might just be in hell today if God didn't love you. And you didn't realize it as a young person or maybe an older person and got born again, got saved. Amen? Oh, what a blessing to be saved. For God so loved the world. That word so loved the world. And then we see the second announcement. And it's found in Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. The Bible says this, A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? If I be a master, where is my fear? Folks, the second announcement is this. You have despised my name. You have turned from my name. You do not fear me as the Lord of lords and the King of kings. You don't fear me like a master and you don't love me like a child. Folks, what an indictment. What an announcement. And I don't think we ought to argue with God. We ought to just listen to him, amen? But they start arguing. I'll give you the response in just a moment. So number one, we see they were denying his love. Number two, they were despising his name. But look at verse seven. They were, defi they were defiling the altar. Oh, my goodness. Look at verse 7. Ye have polluted bread upon mine altar. And you say, wherein have we polluted thee? And that ye have said, the table of the Lord is contemptible. Folks, I want to tell you something. God knows why you're here. And God knows why you pray. And God knows why you sing. And I will tell you something, to some of you sitting here, it's just a duty. It's just a guilt trip to try to get away from the guilt of not being here. And folks, that's not the motive. We need to be here because He first came to us. Amen? And He loved us in spite of us. And He forgave us. And we're going to heaven and not hell. I can't get any deeper than that. And folks, he said, listen, you have defiled my altar. You are giving leftovers to me. Folks, sometimes we're guilty of that, aren't we? Leftovers. I mean, we give our first fruits to a lot of things that's not worthy of priority. How many of you, no, I'm not going to ask. How many of you stayed up and went to work the next morning just dead sleepy because you had to see the Braves win a ball game. Now, I'm from Atlanta. My wife is from Atlanta. Don't you criticize us for rooting for the Braves. I also rebuked about three of them for their filthy mouth. But I want to say this, and I'm going to write them a letter. I'm sure they'll stop when I write them a letter. But anyway, I'm going to say this. They ain't worthy of priority. How many of you work hard? I know you do. Some of you work 49 hours a week plus. But that's not worthy of putting, putting that before God. Because your job has never saved your soul. Your job will never help your family like God will help your family. 
your God, your, your job will never answer prayer, even though it might give you some money, and thank God for that. You ought to all work if you can, amen, because you got to eat. But I want to tell you something, God will give you much more than money. Amen? Much more. Peace, joy, love. And so when we come to the altar, we ought to not come with leftovers. Amen. It'd be sad if I invited you down um, next Saturday to watch the Tennessee game and Georgia game and I served you five-day-old cold pork. That'd be, that'd be a shame if I just got out some stale purple-colored bread. We'll eat with this. It'd be a shame if I'd find some potato chips lying in the floor and put them, up, put them in your plate. Now, I treat Tennessee fans like that, but I never treat Georgia fans like that. Really. Happy birthday, Tom. But listen, listen to me. Listen to me. I'd try to cook the best for you. I was honored to be able to cook for those preachers. But I was nervous, more nervous than if I was called on to preach. I said, that stuff's going to turn out dry. I even got up and announced, I said, hey, listen, I know the pulled pork's going to be perfect, but the sliced pork, you might have to put a lot of sauce on it, but it'll be good. <laughs> nervous about it. I want to do my best to honor those men. But I want to tell you something, friend. More important than a preacher, and more important than your best friend, and more important than your job, folks, we need to offer the first fruits of our lives to God at the altar. Amen. He deserves it. Yes. What are we going to do when we get to heaven? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to sing, Worthy is the Lamb. Amen. You know why? Because the only way you got to heaven was the Lamb was worthy to take your place and die. We're even going to have in that song, Revelation chapter 5, redeemed that He bought us, that He rescued us, that he cut us out of slavery. He got us out of the clutches of Satan and the pathway to highway to hell and saved our unworthy soul. Right. So when we come to the altar, or we have an altar at home every morning with our home devotion and our prayer time and our Bible reading, don't give him leftovers. Don't insult the giver and blesser of everything you have that's worth anything. You wouldn't have a heartbeat if it wasn't for God. You wouldn't have another breath. You definitely wouldn't have a house, a roof over your head. You definitely wouldn't have a car that's worth more than your house. Amen. With a car that'll talk to you and talk back to you. A car that you don't even have to turn your little old lazy head backwards you can look in a camera and it'll show you what you're about to hit hallelujah I like that don't you I had one put in my 2007 it's wonderful to see what you're going to hit before you hit it amen I got it from my wife no not really amen hey friend listen God has blessed you beyond measure and we say well I'm gonna, if I have time I'll be at church tonight well, if I feel like it, I'll try to slide in here Wednesday. Yeah. And if I really feel good about myself and all the blessings, I'll give a little in the offering plate. Mm -hmm. But it'll be a tip and not a tithe. Mm -hmm. God help us to take this book of Malachi and lay it to heart. 
Now, God knows your priorities. I, I'm not God. I'm not the Holy Ghost. I can't tell what your motives are. I'm not trying to. I'm not the judge during trial. I'm just a messenger. I'm a Malachi. I'm just Wayne bringing the message. Amen? Wayne means wagon maker. Praise God. I don't know why my mother named me after John Wayne, but partners, y'all better listen. Amen? <laughs> hey, God help us to realize who we are, but praise God, let's realize who he is. And he is worthy, worthy of real worship. Well, I'm not following this outline. I want you to see also that he defiled, defied the altar, but he defiled his patience. Look at verse 17 of, of chapter 2, and I'll close with two more. I'll get you the answers next Sunday morning. You're going to be shocked at the answers. But Malachi 2, verse 17, please. You got your Bible? Amen. It says, you have wearied the Lord with your words. Oh, my goodness. Yet ye say, wherein have we wearied him? When you say every word that doth evil is good in the sight of the Lord. And he delighteth in them. Where is the God of judgment? And so we see, folks, God is saying, you're trying my patience, children. You're saying a lot of things that you don't mean. You're making a lot of commitments that you're not keeping. You're vowing some vows and you're not fulfilling them. And folks, one of the greatest vows you ever made is when you gave your life to Jesus. You gave your life. You didn't just give your Sunday mornings. Or you didn't just give what was left over. And so we see, he's saying you're trying my patience. I'll get to that next week. But then I see also Malachi chapter 3. 3 verse 7 it says you're deserting the fellowship you're deserting the fellowship I told you this was a hard book are y'all buckled in you alright everybody okay so brother Chris kept saying y'all alright <laughs> I said I hope we are That's, this is a good one but look at this chapter 3 verse 7 real quick I'm going to close this is introduction it says even from the days of your fathers you are gone away from my ordinances you have not kept them. Return unto me, and I'll return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you say, wherein have we returned? Folks, I'm going to tell you what we need to do. We need to count it a great privilege when God calls us to himself. You're not really getting anything out of your devotions and your private time if, it, if, they're, not, if they're not his time. We call it quiet time, but sometimes it's not too quiet. Because there's weeping, there's confession, there's conviction in our prayer closet. It ought to be. And every day is a special day not to desert His presence, but draw nigh to God and He'll draw nigh to you. That's what this verse says. You return to me, I'll return unto you. Aren't you glad for a patient Savior? Amen? But you know, sometimes we're des we desert. We put other things before God. We can come for the wrong reason. We come because of someone else. God help you. You ought to come for God. Amen. You ought to come whether your wife comes or not. Right. You ought to come whether your husband comes or not. 
You ought to come if your best friend comes or not. Some people walk into church, so help me, I think they're going to leave because their best friend's not here. He's skipping, so you want to go. <laughs> Don't come for them, come for him. Amen? Amen. Folks, fellowship. Oh, what a fellowship. Leaning on the everlasting arms. What a joy divine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. We ought to count every day as a day of privilege to worship God. Amen. Remember when you couldn't come to church? I remember, I remember the first Sunday I've missed because of sickness pointed out by Miss Nail. I didn't even realize I'd been that healthy. She pointed it out. First Sunday I've ever missed because of sickness. It's because of that blooming, I shouldn't have said that, that COVID. Amen? I had to stay at home, and I didn't want to stay at home then. I don't even think I did stay at home. I think I came here and preached, but nobody would come near me. And no, and I said, man, I'm going to miss my first Sunday because of sickness. I had 47 years of preaching. God's been good to me. Amen. But I want to tell you something, friend. I missed y'all. Good night. Then I'd come in here and preach to an empty wall and four people and all of them fell asleep. Besides Brother Randy, he stayed away. No. People, you know, knit, crocheting and knitting and all, all kinds of stuff, planning their lesson out. And I'm sitting here just preaching away to an empty auditorium. But I've th thousands of people were listening in Tunnel Hill, I know. But thousands of people online, praise God. But I missed y'all. And I'm glad we're back together. And I don't want to ever be apart until the day you come by here and say, boy, don't he look natural. Don't he look good. I'm going to be smiling. I hope that undertaker puts a smile on my face and a Bible in my hand. Amen. Not a braised flag waving in my hand, but a Bible. Amen. A couple of tracks in my pocket. I'll be all right in my funeral service. I'm just praying that some of y'all show up. But I'm not planning that today. I'm planning on the second coming. Amen. I'm planning on the Lord coming back again. Yes. And I just got to close. We're over time. But thank God, friend. He announces that we've been deserting the fellowship. Mm -hmm. See, you can be here and not be here. That's right. How many has ever been here and not been here? Amen. Come on. I've seen you wipe elbow and you wake up and you wonder where in the world are, where are we at? Hallelujah. Am I in church? You was just in a rocket ship, just landed on moon, the moon, amen. I've seen that look. I've seen the whole act. You'd be surprised what I see up here. I can see to the back row, praise God. But I want to tell you something, friend. God knows your heart. God knows why you're here. God knows who you're here for. And that's what this book's going to be all about. Isn't it going to be interesting? I believe it's going to be more than interesting. I think it's going to be plum convicting. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Thank God we need it. And then we see that they were debating his commands. Debating his commands. Look at chapter 3, verse 8. I'll, I'm, I'm closing. I only got two more verses. God's people said, Hallelujah. It says, Well, a man robbed God, yet ye have robbed me. And then here's the debate. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offerings? Now, I ain't going to get into that, but some of you are already clutching your wallet or your pocketbook. But I want to say this, friend. The tithes 
only represents time minute. You're giving your time back to God. You got a dollar in your pockets because you worked for it. And you gave your, your time, your, your sleepless nights, and your managerial experience, and your time on that phone selling all that carpet, Miss Joanne. Praise God, she's not even listening to me now. And, uh, you know, you, you, you know she, all that time begging those people to buy that carpet, floor engineer, engineer, floor, whatever you work for. And so when you give an offer, you're saying, I'm just giving my life back to you. I'm fearing you and honoring you with the first fruits because I know I wouldn't have enough sense to dial the phone if it wasn't for God. Right. Amen. I wouldn't have the strength to get out of bed if it wasn't for God. So when you come and worship God with the tithes and offer, you're saying, dear God, it's yours. And my life is yours. And you say, I fear you, Lord. That doesn't mean you fear that He's going to take everything away from you. It's that you respect Him. That the source of everything you have good is from above. Say amen. And when you clench your fist and shake it at God, he could take away the next breath if He wants to. He could take your family away from you. He could take your house away from you. Your truck with that talking computer in it. He could take it right away from you. He could take the peace, the sanity, the thoughts. But you know, He's a gracious and good God. He don't give us what we deserve. But folks, we ought to give Him what He deserves. First! Fruits, not the leftovers. One more. You got time? Amen. Okay, I'm going to do it. Look at verse, <laughs> chapter 3, verse 13. Chapter 3, verse 13. I got one amen. That's all I need. <laughs> chapter 3, verse 13. Y'all with me? It's going to be a good study now. I'm looking forward to it. I get excited about series because I know what I'm going to preach next week. Amen. But look at verse 13. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken so much against thee? Oh, folks, listen. What we speak is in our heart. The seventh and final announcement he has found in that verse 13 tells us that we've been stout against the Lord. We said some things we shouldn't have said. We made some vows we shouldn't have vowed probably. The announcement of God's were for this purpose. Showing them their real condition. Now folks, don't get mad at me. Take it up with God because this is His book. That's right. But I want to say what the Bible says. The Bible says you need to get your heart right with God. Amen. You need to get your priorities right with God. You need to get your worship right with God. How many times have we sat through a service and we didn't worship God? We worshiped the moment we got out of here ourselves. Said, boy, I feel better now. I'm out of that place. And so, folks, listen, in closing, real quick, these answers that we'll take up next week showed their spiritual ignorance. They did not know. That's why we need preaching, praise God. We just need to know what God says about some things. We need to know what's precious, what should be first. And then they had spiritual indifference. They really didn't care. That's why they started arguing with him on every account. And then they were in compliant. 
means they just didn't listen. And then they were impertinent. They even argued with God. Let's not ever be guilty of that. I want to give you one more verse in Isaiah 29, verse 13. Isaiah 29, verse 13. We'll start this hard study. Some of you said, I ain't coming back. This ain't fun. It'll be fun when we get to the end of it, I promise you. We're not here to just have fun, amen? We're here to get right with God. Then it'll be fun. But Isaiah 29, verse 13 says, Wherefore the Lord saith, For as much as this people draw near with me with their mouth and with their lips, do honor me, but have removed their hearts from me. Let me repeat that last phrase. But have removed their hearts from me. This book is a great book on letting us see our heart. And it ought to be a heart towards God and a heart that loves God and a heart that's full of God, and a heart that serves God. Father, use this introduction. I feel so incomplete, I guess, just giving an introduction this morning. God, we got to set a foundation. And Lord, I thank You that we have many weeks, Lord willing, if You don't take me home and You don't rapture the church up, that we can see what You think about us. God, we can actually get right with God. And we can actually experience the presence and power of God in our lives. God, I don't want that more than anything. God, I know I'm your representative and I know that I'm a leader of this church. And Lord, you deal, you're, you're dealing with the leaders to be dedicated leaders, to be examples in leadership. And God, we realize that we're all leaders. God, that little fellow is about shaking up here. He was so nervous receiving that Bible. But he looks up to his bus captain. He looks up to his junior church pastor. He looks up to his Sunday school teacher. He might even look up to Brother Wayne. I don't know. But I know that he knows that there's something important going on around here. Amen. That he got the most important book he could ever get. So God, we pray for him and we pray for us. God, in these next few weeks in the study of Malachi, that we'll let you speak to our heart and change our heart and turn our heart towards you is our prayer. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment. I gave an invitation down at the joy class this morning. Had them raise their hand. I want to find out if those dear ladies were saved. All but one was. I'm praying for the other one that couldn't raise their hand. But how many would say, Preacher, I know that if I die today, because of the good grace of God, because of the blood of Jesus, because of the death, burial, and resurrection, I know I'm going to heaven. I know it. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that? Amen. See mom one day. Praise God. I'll see my mama. I'll see my daddy. I'll see more loved ones than I can count that's left this church in 43 years. And went to a better place. But how many say, Preacher, I couldn't raise my hand. And I want you to pray for me because I'm not absolutely sure that I'm ready to die or ready for the rapture. And I want you to please pray for me. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer if you're not saved? You want to be saved? God bless you, sir. I see that hand. Anybody else not absolutely 100% sure? If you've ever been 100% sure of something, you better be sure of this. Because after, 
After uh, death, there is no purgatory. After death, there is no second chance. It's the judgment. Anybody else? One's raised their hand. How about you? I'm not sure I'm saved, but I'd like to be. Now let me just give you this invitation. How many say, Preacher, I know I'm saved, but my heart should be more in love with God. My whole being ought to be more in love with God. And I don't want to give Him the leftovers of my life. I want to give Him the first fruits, and I want to see what God can do through my life. I just want to be a blessing. Is your prayer this morning. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? i got to raise both mine. I've got to raise both of them. God, thank you for this introduction. Thank you for this wonderful book. I'm so excited about it. I might preach on it tonight. But Lord, I thank you, dear God, for the conviction of the Holy Spirit of using this book to help us to take inventory. Lord, I pray for this one that raised a hand that's not sure he's saved. I pray you come down to this aisle and let us show him in the Bible how you can be sure. And God, for the host of people to raise their hand uh, honestly, sincerely, maybe even broken, that they need to have a greater heart for God and not go through the motions and not just go through church, but to learn to worship you day by day. God, touch their lives. Use them your glory. We'll praise you for all that you do in and through this message. In Jesus' name.